Waterworld is a 1995 action-adventure movie starring Kevin Costner. It opens on a scene of Kevin Costner literally drinking his own piss and then depicts Kevin Costner metaphorically drinking his own piss for over two hours. I heard that he lost a lot of money making this movie. Welcome to Water We Dust Team. A podcast about water. Why are we tasting Mount Franklin lightly sparkling lime? Um, so it's, I guess it's on theme with the movie that we're also going to be talking about today. Very tenuously, I guess, because it's not really a big part of it. But um, Well, I mean, the fact that it's a water is, is a direct link and then it's a lime-flavoured water, which I think yeah. is the only fruit in the movie. Yeah, yeah, I think that is the only fruit we see. Have you tasted this before? No, and I can I make a prediction. Like I don't, I try and go into these with an open mind. But if you don't mind, I, I want to make a prediction. Yeah, I think that this is going to taste like it has the lime uh, scented dish soap in it. That's also what I'm thinking it's going to taste like. Like you didn't clean the glass quite well enough kind of thing. Yeah. And I don't even necessarily think it's a bad thing. I just think that like it just, it, you know, it's a Coca-Cola Amatil product. Uh, they just are going to get whatever ingredients are like en masse out there. There's a lot of that lime dish soap i guess that stuff has to be pretty non-toxic like i'm not saying it's food grade and i just don't think that whatever they've used is gonna get away from that family of flavors enough to taste different to soap that's my prediction It actually smells just on the nose more like actual lime than soap so far. Yep, I agree. I'm going in for the taste. Okay. It's not okay. as soap, soapy as I thought, but it does have a bit of that, um, I don't know what the product is called, but there's like a lemon-lime flavoured powder that you mix with water and give oh. to kids when they feel sick. Staminade? No, not that. Actually, you wouldn't give so, sick kids staminade, would no, you? <laughs> no, you have staminade after you've been sick for a while and you need to, like, get electrolytes and stuff. But this is, like, something that you give when they feel sick, like, to relieve it. Um, mm. I don't – like, my mom never had it, but I remember getting it at the sick bay at school. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it would have just been some sort of bulk order, mm. lemon, lemon powder. Yeah. Um, I'm going to try it out of a glass as well. I have a yeah, good idea. Carwin Cellars can vent glass. Oh, that, sounds, that sounds good. Um, also, like, another disclosure I need to make is I just ate dinner and it was really, really salty, so pretty much anything I drink right now is going to be pretty good. Yeah, true. Um, so I feel like we talked about that in the last episode we recorded being hungover and like disclosing your 
hydration status prior to tasting water. Yeah. Yeah, this this is one that actually doesn't differ a huge amount from the the bottle to the glass. Yeah, okay. It's quite um dry and flat. Not flat bubble-wise, but like in terms of the dimensions of taste. Yeah. Sort of, what you taste immediately is what you'll taste on your fifth and tenth sip. Mm. It's better than I expected. I wouldn't yeah. buy this again. The bubbles are very, like, they're a good size and, like, it's a, good, it's a good texture for me, but I also think, or it's good bubble finesse for me. But Is that bubble finesse or is that just chaos in there? I'm seeing a, lot, a whole lot of... Yeah, it is yeah. a bit chaotic, but it feels like the kind of fizz that won't stay. So, like, if you open it and then you put it back in your bag and then you pull it out again later and then you've just got some flat lime water. Yeah, yeah. There's no longevity to this fizz. Well, there might be. Yeah. We're predicting there isn't. Yeah, I... I've tasted a few fizzy waters in my time. I feel like I'm, I know what's going to happen. They promise a lot and they deliver some of that, but then it's a diminishing fizz over time. Yeah. 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 Um, so I don't know how the, the 1.25 litre bottle would go if you like. Oh, it'd be a nightmare. Putting it back in the fridge. <laughs> You'd hate to, <laughs> hate to get the last glass. <laughs> <laughs> any, any soda though, because like we'll occasionally buy, um, you know, like the home brand soda because it's like a good uh, cocktail additive. Yeah. But really, you're just adding a dash of soda to to a cocktail, so you never finish a whole bottle within a day or two, and it's flat yep. after two days. Yeah, I I started buying the like. Um, we'll probably do an episode about tonic water at some point, oh. but I started buying the tonic water in the little cans or the smaller bottles because of that. Because, like, yeah. if you open a bottle of of tonic water, have a gin and tonic, it's like, all right, well, in a couple of days, I'm just going to throw that out. It's and, done. It's yeah, yeah. At the moment, I'm with you. We've been getting little cans too. They're, I think it's um, Fever Tree make these tiny, they're like 100 and 50 yeah, mils. They're pretty expensive though. They are. But um and also I read somewhere that this is getting a bit off topic now, but they're probably not recyclable because they're so small. Oh, okay. Interesting. But, um, yeah, something it's a topic for another day, probably. Claire and Alex will be back in a minute. While you wait, why don't you try a new water? Okay, so I think I'm going to give it a four. I think it's not the worst. It's not something I would, like, buy again. If I was at 7-Eleven buying a fizzy water, I would probably just get a plain one. Yeah, that's a good point. This is worse than just a plain sparkling water, which to me would be like a five unless it was like one of those like mineral infused situations. Yeah, I think I'll give it a 4.4. The reason for going a bit higher than you is it did surprise me by being less dish soapy than I expected. Wow. 
Isn't it amazing how many water and water adjacent products are on the market these days? Uh, should we get into uh, the next segment, which is talking about Waterworld? Yeah, so um, I I guess movies about water is like a, a thing we want to do a bit more of moving forward. So hopefully people can request some. Um, I've already had a request from someone to do Adam Sandler's The Water Boy. Oh, we've got to do Water Boy. Which we definitely will, but... We obviously had to start with Waterworld as our first movie episode because it's, obviously, yeah, it it just makes sense. It's um, Waterworld. <laughs> what's your history with this movie? Have you seen it before? Yes, but I don't think that I've ever finished it, <laughs> and I reckon that this might have been maybe like my third attempt. Maybe even I've tried more times. Um, I remember being really excited when it was coming out because I just thought, well, like I'm a sucker for one of those like big concept movies. So I remember being really excited it was coming out. Uh, I would have been like, I must have been like eight or nine or something when it came out. So I probably wasn't allowed to see it and being disappointed that I couldn't see it and then hearing that apparently it was really bad. Uh, And that comes up every now and then. That's about all I can tell you. Yeah, so I think I saw part of it when it was on TV at some point. So I I also have that experience of hearing a lot about it, hearing it wasn't very good, um, hearing about Kevin Costner coming off the back of his success with Robin Hood. Um, uh-huh. So he was, I guess... This movie came out in 1995 and he was a pretty big star at that point, I think. I was was thinking that too, but I was trying to think of anything else he'd been in and I couldn't. Yeah, so he, um, so I was 10 years old when this came out. I definitely didn't see it at the time. I probably, I reckon I probably saw it about 10 years later um, on TV and like flicked channels and it was halfway through. So I I sort of had an idea of parts of it, but there was like, and I thought maybe I'd seen more of it than I had because this time when I watched it, I'm like, I've definitely not seen this. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I really like post-apocalyptic movies. Like that is a genre that I will watch any um regardless of the storyline i just like the world building i like the the idea of it um so this was well placed to be a movie that i enjoyed i feel the same way too can i read you um my, you asked me to give a synopsis of the film uh just to get us started on talking about yeah. how we felt about it so i'm just going to um just preface this by saying I didn't finish the movie again this time. I'd like you to try, if you can, to pinpoint the point in my synopsis where I stopped watching or maybe even if I, where I stopped paying my full attention. Okay. All right. Waterworld is a 1995 action-adventure movie starring Kevin Costner. It opens on a scene of Kevin Costner literally drinking his own piss 
and then depicts Kevin Costner metaphorically drinking his own piss for over two hours. I heard that he lost a lot of money making this movie. Costner's character is a man who isn't really a man because he has small gills behind his ears, which makes him good at finding dirt, which people seem to really want, but I'm not quite sure why. Maybe they eat it. One guy certainly eats it, and he has <laughs> the quality of the dirt that Kevin Costner finds is pretty good because apparently you can taste that. Costner meets a love interest whose name escapes me and a child whose name is something wistful like Ikoya in Dota or Nairobi. Sexy stuff <laughs> nearly happens, but then Dennis Hopper shows up and it's been foreshadowed that he's part of a gang called the Smokers. And you wonder why that they might be called that, but then they literally are just always punching darts. And I don't know why, but it's probably my favourite part of the movie. There are jet skis, more ciggies, and then Costner tries to kill Akoya's whole family, and she tells him about Mount Everest <laughs> still poking out of the water somewhere, and they go off to find it. I assume they do find it, and the movie probably ends with them all having a ciggy at the top of a mountain. Roll credits. Okay, so... Um, Did I nail it? Yep, nailed it. Uh, <laughs> so one of the things with the, the cigarette thing I, that I had written down was if, if there was a company that was going to survive this apocalypse, it would be Philip Morris. And <laughs> Is I, that yeah. actually the what they're trying to say? No, I, I actually have no idea how cigarettes survived the apocalypse. That... Yeah, so do they not? Because I thought that I missed that because there's okay. a scene where Dennis Hopper, where they show, like, the base of the smokers, and Dennis Hopper, like, cruises through on, like, a quad bike and he's just throwing ciggies to everyone. And I was like... I must have just glanced down at my phone or something while they explained <laughs> why he has billions of ciggies, but do they just never explain it? Okay, so I was also, um, during this movie, I was doing the wordle for the day. <laughs> and and I, also, I also, like, I don't, know why but i ate an unreasonable amount of pretzels while watching this movie <laughs> and that doesn't have anything to do with anything but maybe i was reaching for a pretzel when they described why there was cigarettes um in this post-apocalyptic world um but so there are multiple cuts of this movie and apparently the ulysses cut does include more details um, about where the smokers get all their stuff and just general storyline. And I, I have a feeling that is where part of, like, it being a massive flop comes down to, like, they've... Get it. Well, it, that's part of it. Um, I think the writing was not so great to start with, but they spent so much <laughs> yeah. time and effort on like creating this world that actually is like a pretty good premise and then yeah, they didn't execute it um 
But uh, th- it's, sorry, can we just back up a second? Because are you saying there's a because the cut I watched was two hours. I watched the same one as you, by the way. Yes. You were very clear about this. Yeah. And the cut I watched was two hours and nine minutes long. And you're telling me that there's a version that's longer and they edited it out like possibly information about where the Siggies come from. That's insane. <laughs> so I, okay, so I did like a real medium level dive into the internet of Waterworld because it is a real big thing, it turns out. And I don't know if other <laughs> movies are like this because I've never done this for a movie before. I'm not the kind of person who's going to watch a movie and then need to learn more stuff about it. So. Yeah. This has been a really interesting experience for me because I also reached a point where I was like, I cannot watch every YouTube video about this because it's ridiculous how many exist. I know. People love making those video essays about Yes. So there's a YouTube channel called The Atoll or Atoll. He says Mm -hmm. Atoll, but I always thought that word was Atoll. I think it is Atoll, yeah. Um, Maybe it's a difference of our um accents but anyway the ad hole um youtube channel like deep deep dives into Waterworld to the point where the only video of his that i watched in its entirety was about the tomato plant that uh. is in about i don't know a minute of this particular cut i think it's in uh, it has a longer scene in another cut that i didn't see because there was footage in this video that was definitely not in the version of the movie that I saw. My understanding is there is an explanation of how the smokers get all their stuff, but that explanation is something to along the lines of they go around and raid all the the little like civilizations that exist. Like we only saw one of them, which was that the atoll where oh, yeah. he goes and like early in the movie um that doesn't really uh i mean that just sort of pushes the problem along a little bit doesn't it really the question is why are there still so many siggies and that doesn't yeah. cut to the core of that question yeah and like there's something that f- like really famously would not survive a water-based apocalypse famously they don't they're, travel they're also, well over I water I don't think they're very good when they've been wet. I don't know. I've never really been a smoker, so but I feel like if I like dropped a pack of cigarettes in some water, they wouldn't be so good. I was a smoker for years, Claire, and a thing you would hear a lot in the <laughs> back of the beer garden at the pub is these cigarettes are wet. <laughs> and people hate people. <laughs> A really big problem I had with this movie also, um, which I guess is kind of a plot hole as well, is like, when is this? It's long enough for someone to have evolved to have gills. Yeah. <laughs> but still there's still cigarettes. There's still the the Exxon Val- Valdez, which yeah. is, it is revealed is the boat. <laughs> that the smokers are hanging out on. Did you get to that bit? Uh, Yeah, but I didn't notice that that's what the boat was. So I had to look up what that was. Um, Yeah, it was that oil crisis in the 80s, wasn't it? Yeah, so um, because they're (laughs) – actually, one of my favourite bits was the smoker um, captain guy. I 
don't know his name. Um, I think it's the deacon. He, because oh, yeah. no one has names. I didn't realize until like the end of the movie that Kevin Costner doesn't have a name in this. Oh, good. Because I went to, I was about to look that up and I was like, oh, I can't be bothered, but I wouldn't have found anything. Yeah. He get he's called the Mariner. I actually don't remember this happening. So maybe this is in another cut, but he gets given the name Ulysses at the end by Helen, who's the, the lady. Can I uh, tell you a couple of my notes that I made yeah. when I watched it? Um, one of my early notes is the people who live in Waterworld actually call it Waterworld. It's, it's pretty weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is weird. Um, the bog that they slide their dead people into and try and slide Kevin Costner into is actually pretty chill from like a sustainability point of view. Yeah. I don't I, hate it. I, I thought that too. I thought it, it would probably smell pretty bad, though. It would, but so would, or maybe people wouldn't because they have access to, to salt water. Yeah. I just, like, so, you're right. It, well, sorry, you go. Does it not rain anymore? It Like, there was uh, the, yeah. the deluge that caused this, and then. Oh, did they actually say there was a deluge? It wasn't just the polar ice caps melting. I don't, I think it is mentioned that there is an event that led to this, which also makes the timeline more confusing for me. So there was an apocalypse and now they're in the midst of a second apocalypse where basically like the, like they're running out of resources, but not cigarettes and not like booze. Yeah. Patches. The, um, but that, bit where the body goes into the the bog thing is probably mm. like the only thing we really see about that could make us believe that there's still a world continuing like after yeah. an apocalyptic event because yes. there's not enough to hang on to really about how the world is working and like it's sort of like the movie is trying to tell us something about, like, environmental. And I actually remember at the time I think people were, like, um, kind of just trashing the premise of this film for being just unrealistic. And now it's almost it's almost too on the nose. Yeah. Like, in a really short space of time, people in, like, uh, low-lying Pacific Island nations are like, this movie is just our life. Yeah, yeah. I actually looked up what would, like, how much would the sea rise if all the polar ice caps melted. And it was just a picture of Kevin Costner drinking his own piss. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) No, it was 70 metres, which sounds anticlimactic, but I'm sitting here at, at about between 65 and 100 metres above sea level. Yeah. So I will have beachfront property when that happens, I suppose. I did write down very early on, this is just moist Mad Max. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's good. I remember it it got a lot of 
criticism for for just being Mad Max on on water. Yeah, I but, did read a lot of that. But the thing that that gets missed in that is Mad Max was good. <laughs> like Mad, the Mad Max movies were good, and this there is just nothing holding this movie together. Yeah, I I definitely think it had an opportunity to be good and I think one of the things that Mad Max does is they do better at like with really subtle things at um making you understand how people relate to each other in the world that yes. they're in. And this seems like these people have been plonked into this world from the normal world like yeah. they've they've been placed there except that a guy has been has somehow evolved and that doesn't make sense <laughs> and no, that's a really good point that like the characters aren't built into the world they're just like dumped in there and they like some of them are quite piratey and other ones aren't and i don't think they they can even tell each other apart to be honest <laughs> So what happens in the end is they do get to Mount Everest and they get to um, it's the only bit of land that exists still. Yeah. And they see uh, um, like a little community there and there's no one alive there. There's some skeletons and you. it's inferred that that's Enola's parents, the child, and oh, that, yeah. that she's been set adrift kind of to um to try and save her or to lure more people to like to tell more people where the world is because she has a tattoo on her back that has the coordinates Uh, or whatever which also isn't explained very well in this and in the longer cut apparently is um but that seems like a really important part of the story and in the longer cut it does explicitly say it was her parents but in the this version it didn't and so i don't know kind of this cut the, they've just removed all of the like connective yeah. and explanatory <laughs> tissue of the movie yeah um and maybe if we ever do the patreon thing we can watch the long cut and talk about it but i like it's 40 minutes longer than this one. <laughs> and That's so much longer. I know. How much did they cut out? Yeah. If you think about the scenes that are, that have been left in, there's that scene where, like, Dennis Hopper's eye, like, they put his eye back in, but it's like a googly eye and then it falls yeah. out and he goes, ah, oh, stuff this and throws his fake eye away, and then and I was like, why did we see any of this? Yeah, it's crazy. Um, and his character is just like every villain character that he's ever played. Yeah. Like, Do you know he, much about um, Dennis Hopper? No, as far as I can tell from this movie is he was just taken out of Blue Velvet and put in Waterworld for, <laughs> for no reason. <laughs> like straight up, they put an outfit on him and a cod piece and they're like here you are now enjoy yourself yeah that's... so i don't know heaps about him because like obviously he was kind of a bit before our time i suppose but i think i saw like quite an interesting documentary like a long time ago about 
him and he was kind of like one of the original uh like method actor but kind of the like um I'm gonna go crazy playing the role method actor kind of like I guess like the best example I can think of is like Jared Leto but obviously yeah. like in a really problematic way but he would kind of arrive on set drunk uh and then just be like a real vagabond to everyone around him but people were like god he was good but it just kind of like if that's how he treated this movie that doesn't make a lot of sense because it's so silly and i i you know they say in movies like people who are in movies often don't know whether or not they're making a bad movie or not because you can't tell till the edit i think that people would have been able to tell that this was going to be a bad movie. Yeah, I I feel like that too. And um, so there was a bunch of stuff I read. Like I read some something that said this happened and something that said it didn't, um, that like the set sank a couple times during <laughs> shooting. So like there was problems all the way through. I didn't hate it too much because I like the premise and also I will forgive bad movies if they have things that are visually appealing and I feel like it was in yeah. a sweet spot between CGI and practical effects that yes, was kind of enjoyable to watch. Do you remember, um, oh, did you ever go to um, Movie World like in, in Queensland? No, I haven't. Because they used to do these shows, because uh, I, I grew up in Queensland, so I've, I've been to like a few of these, where um, it's like the water adventure extravaganza and it was like people on jet skis and skis and stuff going over jumps and then stuff would get lit on fire and they were like, I wouldn't be surprised if some of those same people worked on this movie because it's just that really choreographed sort of stunty like when that stuff was happening in this movie, I was like, this is cool. It's funny that you say that because they're so at Universal Studios in um, LA, Japan, uh, Singapore, and Beijing, they have a Waterworld stunt show. Yeah, right. And it's still going. The one in Beijing only started last year. I, Matt, and I have no recollection of seeing this at um, in Japan. And I asked my sister because she's been to like four Universal Studios and she was like, no, nah, I've only seen the the off-brand one at Movie World. Yeah, like people love it. Like heaps of people like on the internet were like, it's a really great show. It goes for like 16 minutes. It's just, it's a little story with a yeah. bunch of stunts and like it's all it needs to be. And I think like they've captured what is good about this movie in a very short 16 minute thing that is enjoyable to watch you don't see this stuff in um in movies anymore because it's like um i don't really watch i mean i do every now and then i watch one of those like new marvel movies but they're so visually cluttered um because all that stuff is cheap to do because it's all cgi that I can't really tell what's happening sometimes. Back in these days, if you were going to film a man who was actually on fire going over a ramp on a jet ski, you'd film it from like three angles and then smash cut them together and just make sure people could see it. Yeah, yeah. I um, I read a little bit about 
the the stunts in this. Um, apparently, the underwater stunt director got the bends at one point, which that's cool. I did think when they were doing the. Um, did you see the bit where they went? They had like a homemade diving bell type thing. No, I must have missed that. So it was actually probably one of the the better parts as well. They were being chased by smokers to um, him showing Helen where he gets the dirt from, which is basically um, he just dives down really far to the old cities that are below in the ocean and gets the dirt. So um, he puts Helen in a diving bell thing, which is like a basically she can breathe in this like structure and he brings it down and shows her like the city and i was like is she gonna get the bends like how far (laughs) how far down are they does he not get the bends because his he has gills i don't know how this works yeah do gills protect you from the bends oh i guess he's not pressurized yeah it's i it was very confusing but then i don't know maybe they're all a little bit evolved Having not seen this movie and then Matt had and we're watching it together and he mentioned that Kevin Costner has gills. And so I I knew before it was revealed that he had gills, but then I also thought maybe everyone knows that he has gills straight up. Mm -hmm. So then he's at the atoll and they're trying to get him to impregnate a person because they obviously their gene pool is too small so that so i thought they were trying to get him to impregnate her so they could have more babies that have gills but then they found out he had gills and they're like okay you can die now they hate it don't they yeah they really hate that he has gills it's really weird it's like you all need these yeah just little small behind the ear gills like you wouldn't you couldn't tell the difference you basically just admitted this yourself yeah, um, so that was a really strange thing where the whole, like, where they could have cut a bit and probably made it better, <laughs> but instead they chose to cut actual bits of storyline. I don't know, there's rumours that they're going to make a TV show, and I actually think that maybe that's a better idea for this world. That yeah. There's, there's too much to explore. Also, I did make a note that, like, it's predominantly white, which, like, the people that are surviving this apocalypse, but it doesn't really make sense with, like, wouldn't people on high-lying areas be the people that would more likely survive? Or, yeah, But then, I don't know, yeah, it, it was, it's all very strange. It it's... really is. But I agree with you, like, in just, like, to summarise, um, I don't hate it because, you know, they took a swing making this. I'm sure there were people who were like, ah, you'll never get that made. And um, they did. Yeah. And I, they made a whole lot of merchandise as well, which is bizarre. <laughs> so We need, we need some. <laughs> well, I, I looked at, um, so there was four video games made. Um, that's heaps. That's so many. <laughs> yeah. So there was one on MS-DOS, 
one on which was is the most 1995 thing in the world. Uh, there was one on Game Boy, one on Super Nintendo, and one on Virtual. Hey everyone, just cutting in to say Claire's audio um, dropped out as she said that, but what she said was Nintendo Virtual Boy. I would recommend looking it up because it's quite an insane piece of gear. She's right. It displayed things in monochrome red and black. It actually looks like it would induce a migraine the moment um, you put it on. Uh, if anyone has one, hit us up. Um, I want to have a go on it. Nintendo, like, weird VR headset from 1995 that was what? not very good and was not released anywhere except North America. What would 1995 VR even be? Well, apparently it was like monochrome red and black. Like oh, the... cool. <laughs> really easy on the eyes, eh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> gonna, after an hour or so, you're going to be fine. Yeah. Apparently that game was the worst. Um, the Super Nintendo one was pretty popular. Um, the PC one was apparently the best. Um, there was like... A bunch of other merch as well but one thing that i was super impressed by after watching the the atoll video about the tomato plant was there was a tomato plant merch so it was a little pot with tomato seeds and dirt and you could grow your own tomato plant wow. and that that came out when it came out on video and you would get it if you rented the video in 1996. <laughs> sorry <laughs> I was just looking at videos of the Virtual Boy and it started playing out loud. <laughs> the tomato plant thing is, that's an insane piece of merchandise. I love it. I I want it. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but then, yeah, I, I, wonder, I wonder why there wasn't, I guess tomatoes are easier to grow than limes. But, yeah, so we didn't even mention, like, he had a lime tree on his boat at the start. Yeah. And, um... Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry, that all was the tie-in. <laughs> That's why we reviewed the lime water. Oops. All the limes got stolen. The other thing that uh, you didn't include in your summary that I thought was interestingly done was the start. So when it shows, like, it goes from the Universal logo, which has the Earth, and then the Earth gets covered in water. That was cool. And I really liked that. Yeah. That stuff is really good. Yeah. More movies should do that. I I had high hopes for it after like going in and then he was pissing into a thing and drinking it and I was like It's such a bold editorial choice. And again, that's the recut version. That's what they decided to start on. In the recut version, they cut out heaps of story, but they're like, no, it still needs to start with piss. Yeah. Yeah. So if I were to write this movie <laughs> in this world. Please pitch this to me. I just, I think because he's called the Mariner and he just goes around the whole idea. So apparently there's also a novelization. There's also comics. So there is more story than just this movie that, um, so I didn't really like read chronologically like everything, but um, apparently he is going around and plotting where all the cities are to try and figure out where he is on like at any given time so oh, yeah. 
that's where having gills helps him. He can like dive down. And so the city they go to is Denver, which I think we're supposed to know, but I did not know from watching. But then Denver uh, has a uh, quite a famous airport, I think. I wouldn't recognize it in the movie, but well, yeah, it's underwater and dilapidated. So I don't know. Maybe I was looking away, eating but how does he... at that point. <laughs> <laughs> how does he know what he's seeing? Because he has he is far enough in the future that he's evolved gills. But he dives down. He's like. Oh, this is obviously Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> How the fuck would he know that? Yeah. So the other thing that's happened that is like wild and not mentioned is so he's plotting all of these cities and then he there's the map on Anola's back, which is the latitude and longitude of where the like the final bit of land is. Yeah. And then Apparently, at some point, the poles have switched. So he's plotted everything upside down because north is now south and south is now north. Ah, uh, I see. I, I understand why they didn't include that because I feel like it would take a lot of explaining to get there. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, like even... So I also did look at a thing, like a translation of the... Um, of the tattoo and there is like it's all in chinese but there's one japanese symbol in there which i don't know if that was wrong or if that was a choice because like the whole idea like at one point he's speaking another language which apparently is portuguese oh. and is that a real which, language no but oh. that it's like an amalgamation between <laughs> greek and portuguese <laughs> okay um, which also he just like mentions, and I I had to Google that because I was like, what did he just say? Like, <laughs> I don't know, like what? Anyway, so the in that world, like all the cultures have sort of melded together, and like languages, the two main languages that are spoken are English and Portuguese. Um, Why would that ever happen though? Why would that be the the two but, that? But, like, why would English sound like normal English as well? Like, you yeah. would think, like, everything would have changed if if you're at a point where other languages have melded together. Why wouldn't you just be speaking, like, English-Spanish or English-French or something? Because, yeah. You're asking so, a lot of a movie that expects <laughs> us to believe that you can piss into this, like, just network of tubes that immediately filters it out and it... It, like, yeah. I think he, he knows that it's still pissed, <laughs> kind of, but the tube somehow, there's like a cognitive dissonance where he's like, oh, it's got to be different. It makes him feel better about it. It's not, it <laughs> yeah. hasn't changed. It added some lime to it. <laughs> Those tubes are the parsley on the meat tray. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah, it... It's so weird. So many weird things happen. It's so disappointing. And I think that probably compounded the the way this movie was received because it did have potential. It was so expensive. It was the most expensive movie ever made at the time. Wow. Um, until Titanic. Interesting. Which is probably yeah. a movie we should also talk about. Mm, At some point. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've never seen Titanic. I told this uh, oh, really? to someone that I've never seen it. 
at one point they start rowing the oil tanker, (laughs) 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 which I felt was a Hollywood homage to Ben-Hur. Ah, yeah. Because that was famously a very big, very expensive movie, and they were like, we're doing that. Yeah. Except making it shit. <laughs> Could be. Yeah. That's in, yeah, that's in the wheelhouse of um, <laughs> whoever got to make decisions. Yeah. This. I had, I just looked down at my notes to see um, <laughs> if I had anything else. And uh, the last note I have is just, uh, it's a costume note. Uh, oh, it's yeah. about Kevin Costner and it just says, his pants are so awful. I actually did have a lot of notes about the costumes. Um, I felt like it would be remiss of me to not mention. First of all, somehow in Waterworld, there's no fastenings that exist anymore. Everything is laced up. Not a button in existence. No zippers, nothing. But rivets, (laughs) eyelets, so many. We've got them. They're everywhere. The other thing is there's a continuity issue in Helen's costume. At one point when she's trying to seduce him, it just, like, slips off of her. But it's a corset. She's wearing, like, a laced-up whole dress. Also, at one point, it's pants, and then it's a skirt again. Um, (laughs) Also, so Kevin Costner's, like, yeah, his pants are real bad. They're so, like, what what material is that? It's like... I think it's just supposed to be seaweed all, like, taped together. (laughs) Ah, it just, like, it has a real sort of patina to it and it's kind of, like, like wet look. Like, you can never tell. Like, he's usually wet, but sometimes he's not, but the pants are still wet and, like, like bin baggy. Yeah. Awful. The cut (laughs) is even really bad. It's like they're kind of not tight enough to be tight. The cut of his, like, jacket thing is so 90s if you just see like him from behind it's like he's wearing a 90s denim jacket thing that's laced up and made out of i don't know bits of old boat i don't (laughs) (laughs) you're right though because they're obviously like there'd be lots of nets floating around they're ruining the ocean but they're kind of like piratey and sexy maybe people would wear them yeah but it's like the kind of denim jacket that your dad is wearing to, mm-hmm. I don't know, watch you play soccer on the weekend. Yeah. <laughs> but then with rivets and eyelets. Yeah. Uh, anyone who wants to suggest a movie or any other topic should reach out to us on Twitter at What Are We Tasting um, or Instagram. Possibly Facebook. I don't know. I don't check it. You can email us at (laughs) whatarewetasting at gmail.com. Is that what we are? No, it's at Outlook. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. Uh, Suggestions would be great. Also suggestions of what you want to be called as our listeners. Yeah. The smokers. (laughs) <laughs> the mariners <laughs> yeah oh it's not bad actually <laughs>